and welcome back to the Equipped Man Podcast, the podcast where we explore what it means to be a man of God in the 21st century. I'm your host, Luke Wance. And today, again, I've got another interviewee with me. My friend Devin is with me here in the studio. Devin, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, Good. It's, uh, Good. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate I'm that. I'm excited. I've been thinking about this like all day, man. I've <laughs> <laughs> been stressing. You've been like interviewing yourself just in case. Yeah, I'm a... Uh, Especially when it comes to like talking or yeah. speaking, um, <laughs> I'm a prepper. I like to prep. Yeah, and so it's it's good for me to just come here, no notes, nothing. <laughs> We're just gonna have a conversation. Yeah, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. That's good. So I know that you've had quite a colorful past. Um, you know, you you, I believe you've pretty much always been kind of a, a church person. Yeah, or or at least kind of hovered in those circles. Um, I mean, what's what was that kind of like growing up? Because I I know you're you weren't like a pastor's kid, right? Um, you kind of come from a blended family, mm-hmm. um, but you've always you've always had church, right? Yeah. So so when I was growing up, my my parents um, they weren't married when they had me and my younger sister, uh, different dads for my older siblings, and so whenever when we were growing up, my mom always made sure that she's like, okay, well, I was in church. You know, my, my grandparents, they went to church. And so for her, it's like, we're, this is what we do. This is, you know, part of being a Christian uh, yeah. was we went to church. And so we were, we were involved in some aspect of religion my entire life okay. uh, growing up. And so the idea of church wasn't ever foreign to me. Yeah. You know, my wife, Christy, just complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're talking about men's stuff, a funny thing with her that her mom told her, which... Her mom's great. I love my in-laws. Oh, yeah. Love them. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, but her mom was like, you know, I really don't care what you do. Just don't be a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's always fun. But no, anyway, for me, it was, you know, we grew up in church. Um, there there wasn't really a lot of power in anything that we did as mm. far as church-related uh, beliefs. You know, yeah. the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, healing uh, miracles, those weren't really things that you encountered. It was more so, well, where are you going to go when you die? Gotcha. That was that was the goal. Yeah. You know, make sure that you don't go to hell. Yeah. Was essentially what it was. Yeah. And with that, there was a lot of fear. Oh, and yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot different story than, than most people in the sense that I grew up in a small town and, you know, 2,200 people out in southwest Kansas, there's... You know, a lot of farmland. There's a lot of country. Yeah. And there's nothing to do. Yeah. So most of the time, high schoolers, middle schoolers even, they're, they're partying. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I had fear of all of that. First time I drink, I'm going to die of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. If I, if I ever have sex with somebody, they're going to get pregnant. Oh, First right time. Yep. You know, um, <laughs> drugs, it, it was probably there. It, yeah. it just wasn't a part of the circles that I was in, but uh, yeah. So I, I didn't do any of the stuff, but it, it wasn't yeah. like, oh look at me, how holy am I? It's yeah. It's more. I'm just terrified to do that. Yeah. No, I hear that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, always been in church in in some aspect. Um, but the biggest thing that was always missing was the the relationship. Okay. Yeah. The relationship between God the Father and and us as you know, like me as His son. Yeah, that was what was lacking. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I, I, a lot of similar 
because I, I was raised Catholic and, and there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of guilt. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to talk about that journey to relationship, um, I'm going to kind of bring up a curveball, so to speak, because I know you had a goal or at least a dream of being a professional athlete. Yeah. And that dream kind of took you on a, on, on quite the journey of faith. Yeah, uh, it did. And, you know, you mentioned curveball. It was baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good yeah. like that. I'm good yeah. like that. Uh, you know, good little setup. Some yeah. soft toss right there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was that was that was a vivid dream from from T-ball. Yeah. You know, I, I remember I remember playing T-ball games at like four and five years old and um, little you know, little country town. I was easily the best one and so it was like oh this is i'm really good at this was yeah. the thinking oh yeah um so I, I was athletic you know most of the time growing up and did all the sports but baseball was my my love and my passion um and so that was my pursuit mm-hmm. um the what i realized as i got older is i didn't understand pursuit no i i knew desire um and i knew what it was to be talented you know, um, I don't necessarily like to say gifted, but it was, it just became, it was more natural for me to do these things than it was for other kids. Right. And yeah. so I could be better than most without having to put a lot of the work in. Um, so it didn't quite go as I expected as far as from high school, that transition to college. Um, you know, the coach that I had for first three years of my career in, in high school was, going to help with the recruiting was going to do a lot of that and then i uh, got fired between my junior and senior oh, wow. year and so i had a i had a new coach come in that knew nothing about me yeah and small town kansas where there's really no exposure unless somebody's doing it for you right um so i did my quote unquote rec- recruiting yeah myself you know calling coaches you know a lot of junior colleges um ended up going to a showcase at k-state okay and got to physically meet the coach at garden city community college and so um did a showcase there ended up getting a scholarship out of it and so i was able to go to junior college and it was a completely different experience yeah uh i am was not just naturally better <laughs> than all these other guys that were there um and i'm like five eight yeah you know, five eight little guy um you know not not a lot of speed compared to these other dudes that are coming in and not a lot of power. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, like all this, you know, building up to like, here's my dream. This is the pinnacle. I'm going to, I'm going to go pro. This is, this is my end goal. And always a little seed of, well, I, maybe not a seed, but this was my part of my motivation. was like, well, look at all the money that I could make and all the good that I could do with it. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the heart. Right. That was what I liked to tell myself yeah. when I was pursuing this. Um, so, yeah, freshman year, freshman year of college, I uh, ended up being redshirt, got shoulder surgery. Um, it was actually right after the showcase. Oh, wow. That I ended up getting this scholarship offer, accepted it, and played summer ball, and my arm was a wreck oh, after that wow. showcase. <laughs> uh, just stuff that I had dealt with for years. Poor mechanics. Yeah. And not really having anyone teach me. It was all upper body, all arm. Oh, gotcha. Um, so anyway, have shoulder surgery and 
and you know, I come to the first point in my life where I really have to work for something. You know, I, my parents didn't make me do chores. Like I didn't do laundry for the first time until I moved <laughs> out of the house at like 21. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And so there, there was just so much that I didn't have to do, you know? And yeah. so here I am now I've got, if I really want this, I have to work. And, and I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, and, sh- and so when rehab, when physical therapy was done, when as far as working with a trainer, and it was all, okay, you got to do this at home, uh, I didn't. Yeah. I found out how lazy I was. Yeah. That's really what, it, what happened. <laughs> um, come back sophomore year, and it just, the sh- I never took care of my shoulder. It wasn't healed like it should have been. And, gotcha. Um, just undisciplined in a lot of areas of my life. And so I ended up getting cut from the team, uh, which was a pretty pretty devastating time yeah for sure i mean you have your whole life that this is the plan this is the this is the pursuit and now it's gone yeah and so i did go through a season even as like somebody who was you know christian somebody who went to church i went through a season of of terrible depression yeah Um, you know there were times where i remember driving along the highway and you know there's a ton of semi-trucks these little back back road highways and oh, things yeah. like that, and it's like just envisioning myself turning the wheel, and it's not going to do any harm to them. It'll yeah. just take me out. And so, I had suicidal thoughts in in that regard, and uh, fortunately, I also had a lot of fear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> again, that was one of the moments where it's like, hey, this fear is probably uh, probably a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I think if you on. Not, I think, even more than that, it was like God. God's hand was on my life. Yeah. Um, and not to say that that's not the case for everybody, but um, there were a lot of things that He had covered me from yeah. and protected me from, and and I know that a lot of that was my mom. You know, she we didn't have all the stuff. You know, when we were growing up, we weren't necessarily dirt poor, but we didn't have a lot of a lot of financial means yeah. and or a lot of extra yeah there really yeah. wasn't extra um you know my parents weren't married until years after i was born but um but she had always she always prayed over over us nice. i remember that i remember you know when we're going to bed she's praying over us and um it was just part of it was part of what she did part of yeah. who she who she was and and I think a lot of that carried over in, into my adult in my adult years, um, where, like, hey, I'm not in a great mindset right now. Like, obviously, yeah. Anytime you're dealing with depression and you know somewhat <laughs> oh, yeah. suicidal, that's you're not in a really good headspace. No. Um, but that was that was the that was the fork in the road for me. Okay. After after baseball was done. Um, it was the it was really the defining moment of my life as far as okay where are you going to go what are you going to do yeah you have option a option b right you know i'm going to sit and wallow in this and i'm going to waste away or i'm going to turn back to my roots essentially yeah and say you know what this is this is what i've heard about god my whole life it's time to make it my own yeah um and obviously here we are now so that was that was the decision that I had made. Yeah, was you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue God. Yeah, um, it wasn't a quick thing. 
No. Uh, <laughs> it usually isn't. <laughs> yeah. This was me getting cut from the team, my GPA dropping so terribly low that I'm about to fail out of junior college. Yeah. Uh, I dropped out to basically save what was left of my GPA with like a year to, you know, a year to go to get my associate's degree. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I just didn't do anything for a while. Uh, and it was, it was a process. It was definitely a process. I started going to a, I started going to a, uh, like a youth gathering basically at the college even though i wasn't a student anymore okay yeah uh, i had some friends that were that were going there and so i started to join which always felt a little weird about like i don't i don't go here <laughs> uh, i'm yeah. just showing up uh i haven't seen you in class yeah 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 well there's a reason for that um <laughs> uh, but yeah it was it was kind of a it was kind of a long journey it was it was a painful journey um but Ultimately, it was it ended up leading to a lot of great things, and great great adventures. And, um, you know, I had a girlfriend that actually like she wrote me this letter. Yeah, and it was kind of this letter of like, you got to make some changes. Oh wow! Like you're you're not somebody I can be with. Wow! Unless you start to change. Okay, so <laughs> kind of one of those fun little wake up. Yes. Okay. Nice. Uh, and so that was I got that letter from her at one of the one of the events. Yeah. I left and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave a little early. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna pray. And and I got into the, my truck and had a little conversation with myself. And I said, I know if I leave here and I go home, I'm not gonna do any of that. I need to I need to go to the pastor's house. And so there was a youth pastor at the church we went to that I was pretty close with and. I stopped by there, um, talked to him and his wife for probably two hours, and got home and and started just praying and and reading the word and yeah. and really just telling God like, hey, this I've been doing this my own and it is obviously not working. <laughs> you know, yeah, life is not where I want to be. Yeah, uh, I don't have any joy. There's nothing that I'm excited about. And saying, God, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Yeah, I'm I'm yours. Um, go to sleep that night, wake up the next morning. And I, there's, I just, there's this fire inside of me and I'm like, I can't, I wanted to go out. It was like a Saturday. I wanted to go out into the living room. Yeah. Just watch, watch some TV with my parents. Um, <laughs> I was, again, still living at home at the time. And, yeah. and I'm like, I, I couldn't relax doing that. Yeah. So I get into prayer, I get into word, into the word. And after a while I was like, Hey, I got to go to the church. Yeah. I just need to go to the church. I need to worship. Um, so I go and, and again, this is the next day after telling God, like, whatever you want to do, you do it. Yeah. Uh, I show up at the church, walk in the doors and the first person I see is the worship pastor. And he says, Hey man, we, uh, we've been talking about doing a trip to India on you know mission trip. And you're one of the names that popped up. Wow. <laughs> and, and here I am thinking, I don't, I don't know why me, I'm, I must've been good at uh, putting on an act, yeah. you know, but, uh, <laughs> But no, so I'm praying about it in the service or in the, in the church and sanctuary, and I said, "God, okay, this this must be it." Um, and from there, you know, we prep for like six months. We go to India for a week and a half, and we get to encounter a lot of 
just a lot of cool things. There was like seven of us. Okay. And we get to see healings. We get to see miracles. Um, I had never been on a plane before that. I would never been nice. out of the country before <laughs> that. You know, never been on a train, never been yeah. on a motorcycle. Like all these things that, <laughs> you know, I'm flying. Here I am flying. My first flight is to India. Right. It's like 26 <laughs> hours of total flight time. We get over there. It's a six-hour train ride oh, to wow. get to the town that we're going to. And I've seen pictures of those trains. That is not like a cushy, cushy Amtrak across no. the countryside. Um, one of those railroad tracks definitely had some used underwear of mine <laughs> dropped down the little hole that is the toilet. Yeah, as you're as you're getting ready to use the bathroom, you just see the tracks going oh, underneath wow. you. It's a, a whole different deal. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was just a cool experience for one to to see other cultures and how yeah. other people live. Um, but really, just that kind of that really started the the adventure that I've been on, and yeah, um, that's been, I guess that's been thirteen years. 13 years ago now. Nice. So, um, yeah, and it led to a lot. I mean, the 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 kind of funny, the, the story that Christy really loves from yeah. all this. Yeah. Not for the sake of the girlfriend at the time that wrote me the letter. Not for the sake of, like, me breaking up with her or anything like that. She just, she thinks it's kind of funny. And it is, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, she went on this trip as well. She was one of the people that went on the trip. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, it it was nice until we were getting ready to come back, and I'm realizing this is this is not who I want to be with. <laughs> we're we're in India. We're in India on this mission trip, and here I've got to fly back. Yeah. And travel back with her, and I was terribly immature with a lot of things, and so. I didn't just have a direct conversation with her. Yeah. Um, I just made sure that anytime we were on the fl- the plane or on the train, I'm sitting with my buddy on the, <laughs> coming back and like not talking to her at all. It was, te- it was terrible, <laughs> man. It was terrible. And, oh, we ended up getting back and obviously we broke up, but, yeah. um, but really what it ended up leading into was, you know, she, she played a big part in my life as far as getting me back on track. Yeah. Yeah. That nice little wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And then it was like three months later, I went back by myself for like a month. And oh, wow. Had nice. My, I had my 21st birthday in India. Okay. Which was kind of cool. You know, a lot of people like to go out and party and yeah. get a little hammered or whatever they're doing for yep. the 21st. And I'm like, man, it's I get to spend my 21st at this orphanage with kids. Yeah. You know, and helping them out. And so. Yeah, it was it was a cool experience. That's for awesome. sure. Yeah. See, I I didn't I didn't realize that about you. Um, yeah. I mean, I know um, to kind of fast forward. I mean, not really to tell your story, but I know you said shortly after you guys got married, you had this. Let's let's chuck everything and move to Hawaii with nothing but our suitcases. Yeah. To be like pastors. Right, we or, worked at a ministry. Okay, um, like on for, so for students. We were okay. st- essentially staff, um, and that was not the plan. <laughs> like we we didn't you know we didn't start dating and get engaged and talk about hey let's let's move to Maui. Right, you know this was not even on our radar. Yeah, um, 
But the pastors of the church that we went to, the pastor's wife, her sister and brother-in-law ran this program in, on Maui okay. um, where they would take in, we had like 16 to 18-year-olds or the kids, the three guys that we worked with. It never became anything huge, but their their mentality was always like, if we get to help one kid, yeah, all the effort's worth it. Nice. And so, um, they the yeah, our pastor's wife, she, they were on sabbatical. Uh, Christy and I were engaged at this time, and we, you know, not married yet. And they come back, and and she's like, hey, you know, so I've got this sister who lives in Maui, and they have this program where they work with, you know, students who, you know, are either, you know, in dealing with drugs, dealing with alcohol. You know, just just troubled teens, essentially. Yeah. And she's like, they're looking for a younger couple to come in and really kind of connect with these kids. They want to find somebody who's a little closer to their age because they had an older couple that was there kind of helping them get set up. Yeah. Um, but they were they were kind of phasing out. They had okay. kind of accomplished what they wanted to. And, yeah. And so now they're looking for somebody who's younger. And she's like, you know, I just thought of you guys. And she said, now... <laughs> it's it's Maui. <laughs> like she said, hey, take a month. Yeah. Don't pray about it. Don't invest any thought into it. Yeah. Just I'm just telling you this. Don't do anything with it for a while. And uh, so obviously, how do you do that? Do you do oh that? yeah. Like okay, I'm gonna tell you this, but don't think about it or pray about it. Yeah. Well, then, what then? Why'd you tell me about it? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course we did. Immediately we leave. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Lord, do you want us to go to Maui? Right, like, right, right. Do you want us to go suffer right. for your kingdom? Yeah. <laughs> for your name? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny because we, we talked about it. We prayed about it that, that day when we left the service. Yeah. When we left church. And then we, we did. We just kind of forgot about it. And it was almost a month to the day. We were out at lunch. And I go into the restroom before we leave. And we had been to this place numerous times. One of our favorite spots yeah. back in in that little town we grew up in. And so here on this shelf is this Febreze bottle. It's like Maui Fresh or something. <laughs> or Hawaiian Breeze. Or yeah. whatever. You know, I think it was Hawaiian Breeze and it was all tropical and, I, and, and oh, all yeah. this stuff. Um, and I was some someone still in, in I had religious ideas. And so I'm like, God, it's not good to pray for signs. I'm not going right. to ask for signs, you know. And uh, but it was, it was, it was almost a month to the day that popped up. Yeah. And it reminded me of that conversation we had. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. kind of interesting. And so I told Christy about it. Um. And next thing we know, like everywhere we're going, everywhere we went, there was something to do with with Hawaii or, or Maui specifically. Yeah. We went into, uh, I think we were here visiting in Kansas city, some family. Yeah. We went into like a Dick's sporting goods and there's this huge banner right as you walk in says, win a trip to Maui. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well maybe there's something to this. I didn't say, I didn't say I needed a sign, but that's quite the sign. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and so we start praying about it. Um, and we were like, you know, God, if, if this is what you want to do, it's gotta be you. Yeah. Because it would be so easy for us to just go because it's Maui. Right. You know, it's this thing that not a lot of people get to do. You don't get to go to, you don't just get to go to Hawaii. Right. And you especially don't go live there. Yeah. You know? And so we wanted to make sure that all of the emotion and all of our own personal desires were out of it. Yeah. 
And that, like, God, we're not going if this isn't you. Otherwise, it's going to be a failure. Right. You know, we're not, it's not going to be productive. Uh, we were, part of it was, like, when we got there, we had to completely rely on on God and the generosity of the people that were there because we we were six months married when we moved over there. Wow. We had talked to our bosses on the phone twice. <laughs> we knew nobody. Yeah. And so... Here we are, this young couple. I was twenty three, and Christy was twenty one, and yeah, we're we're moving to Maui. Like we we didn't really have many belongings, which was kind of nice. So yeah, everything either got sold or put in storage, and yeah, and we go over there. We were making we made like one hundred and twenty five bucks a week. Yeah, um, together, which doesn't go far in Hawaii. It does not. Doesn't go far here mainland either but right yeah i mean this was 2013 2014 uh and gas was like 450 yeah at that time wow um so we there was a truck that we got to drive uh that belonged to our bosses um we were able to drive that personal use we paid for the gas if we were taking the boys anywhere or do anything like that for work yeah then you know we just used the company card essentially we worked with the food bank, and so we got a lot of our food for free. Um, we lived in a church in okay. this loft. It was actually surprisingly nice little loft for myself and Christy. And, nice. Um, and we got to work with three boys over the course of our year and a half, roughly, that we were over there. Okay. And really got to meet some great, great people. Um, and then just seeing... So, so one of the boys... In particular, same was Raymond. Yeah, and this dude came from the streets. Like he was, he was living in. He would go sleep in jeeps on oh, wow. on uh, sales lots, car lots. Yeah, wow. Because you can just unzip them and get in the back. And yeah, and so he came in. He was seventeen when he came in, way behind in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for him, it ended up being better that hey, we just get you. Let's see what we can do to kind of maybe work towards a GED. And get you a job. Yeah. Uh, extremely oppressed. Okay. And and wow. just depressed, really. Um, he's probably, I mean, I loved all the boys, the three boys that came through. Yeah. But he's got some of the coolest stories. Okay, nice. And so he comes, no religion, nothing, knows nothing about God. And just kind of gets to encounter Jesus through this time that we're working with him. Oh, that's and awesome. it was yeah. We get to be a part of his journey. Um, his mom and his dad lived on the Marshall Islands, and he was on Maui with his brother. Okay. And this is after a while. Like initially, this dude comes in, covers his food as he's eating, and is always the first oh, one wow. done. Yeah. Because like you, you he's guarding. He's get guarding, what you can man. when yeah. you can get it. Yeah. And so we're constantly telling him like, hey, there's plenty. Yeah. We're taken care of here. You're safe. You're yeah. safe. You know, and so it was really cool to kind of see that shell breaking off. Um, and one thing that I always did was something that a mentor had done for me. Every time a new boy came in, we would kind of we'd get to know him a little bit. About a weekend, I would say, okay, so look, we want to see things change for you. We want to see real growth from you. But it's going to be so much easier if you give me authority to speak into your life. Mm. Yeah. And so it was always this sit down, do you give me authority to, to speak into your life? Yeah. And if you don't, then that's fine. Just 
just tell me no. You don't right, have to yeah. say it to please me. <laughs> but if you do, yeah, then say yes, and I'm going to speak into your life. Yeah. Um, and so I would ask every boy that came in, we would all do that, and they would go around and say, yes, I give you authority. It wouldn't just be yes. It was always, yes, I give you authority to do this. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, something the, a mentor that was pretty instrumental in my life did for me. I'm like, I like that. I'm just really good. Yeah. Um, but this this guy, Raymond, comes in, and his like I said, his mom, he hadn't seen his mom in years. Wow. She was on this other island. After a while, he he had been there probably three months at this point. Okay. Um, kind of, he really had started to open up a lot, but he goes, he goes up to Christy. He goes, Hey, do you think it'd be okay if I asked God, if I could see my mom? Oh, wow. Just real basic. Yeah. Simple prayer. Wow. And Christy's like, yeah, that, that would be great, Raymond. Yeah. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. And so he did. He's like, Lawrence, I'd love to see my mom. You know, just real simple. It wasn't this extravagant, drawn-out prayer where we're trying to convince God of something. Right. It was just, here's my heart. Yeah. And uh, it was like a day or two later, he got a call. And he found out his mom and dad were coming to the island. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. And uh, all of a sudden, this big excitement turns into this huge disappointment because he finds out his mom's blind. Oh, no. And so... He hadn't, he had, over the course of him being on Maui and being away from her, she had, she had lost her sight. Oh, wow. And so the disappointment for him was like, I wanted my mom to be able to see where I'm at now. Right. And then he goes, Christy, he's talking to Christy again. Yeah. Um, he goes, do you think it'd be okay if I asked God if my mom could be healed? <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah. And Christy's like, well... Look, you just you just prayed, right? For for your mom to come here, yeah. for you to be able to see your mom, and here <laughs> she is. And uh, he, she's like, yeah, of course, let's pray that. And so they pray for healing for her. And um, later that week, she went to a she went to a doctor's appointment. And they're like, oh, we can clean this. This is just we can just clean this out. Holy cow! Wow. And so she gets this procedure. She gets her eyes cleaned out and she can see. <laughs> Holy cow. Like that's awesome. I had I had never seen such pure faith. Yeah. Childlike faith. Yeah. And it was with Raymond that I really got to encounter that. Oh, that's awesome. Because he didn't he he didn't have all this stuff and junk built up. Yeah. It was just this is who they say God is. He's a good father. Right. And he <laughs> blesses and he heals. That's what the Bible says. So yeah. can I pray that? Yes, you yeah. can. Yes, you can. And so in the matter of like a month, this dude gets yeah. to see pretty, like two pretty big miracles and in, in things yeah. in his life. Um, and by the time that he left the program, we had, we had got him a job. He had, um, we had worked on him getting his license. Just oh, these things so cool. that, he had never done like he was almost most excited when he had his own money that he earned and he could go buy a hat. Yeah. <laughs> simple things, man. Simple, simple stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And so that was a lot of cool experiences with that. Yeah. Um but also just a huge kind of this insight into the relationship that God wants to have with us. Yeah. Father to son. Like you know, we're both dads. We are. Uh, yeah. I haven't been a dad as long as you've been a dad, but <laughs> yeah. you know, my 
three-year-old right. little guy. There. Yeah, I'll get there. Um, I just want to give him stuff. I want to give him good things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and this is what we got to see with Raymond so clearly. Yeah. Was my son wants to see this. Yeah. And I'm going to give it to him. And and it's that it is. It's you know I can I can tell from your story and and yes as as a dad you know you can. It doesn't you know when when your kids come up to you and ask you for something, you know even hey can you know earlier while we were upstairs talking, my son comes up to me hey can I have a jawbreaker? It's that simple you know he doesn't have to like get in a certain position and say certain words to me and, you know, beg and plead and this really long drawn out thing. It's Hey dad, can I have a jawbreaker? Yeah. You can have a jawbreaker. Go for it. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it's, it's good. It's, it's good. And it's fun to have that reminder of it really is that simple. Yes. You know, I, last week I was, I was talking, uh, with Levi um, I think it was before we were recording, but you know, it's when, when I was on this journey of, you know, deciding to start this podcast and, and my own journey of, of being a Christian, because I, I started later in life, um, for the most part, kind of, um, but it was like, you, you have this really almost like this intro level of like, when you become a Christian of it's it's almost like they convince you that you need Jesus. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I got that. And then you try to figure out the stuff, you know, like you're you're looking for books or you're looking for, you know, the the men's conferences and stuff like that. It's like, I want to build my faith. And it's like, you know, it's you go to so many of these or you know, I, I I've seen the memes, the jokes of, you know, when it comes time for sermons on father's day, you know, it's your horrible fathers and follow Jesus. Okay. Right. I've decided to follow Jesus. Now what? And then all of a sudden it's like the next level is the books are written by some scholar and you need like a pile of research sitting next to you just so you can read their book. So you can figure out all the references and the name dropping and the, the, the history, the historical events. And you're like, I don't, I don't know these names or these events, so does that mean I'm not saved? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to be able to get to the next level because I don't know these things? But it's like, there's got to be something more. And it's, I, I think the something more beyond the basic is these simple things. You know, yes, you really can't. You really can't have just a simple conversation with God and say, God, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. God, is this right? God, should I should I even be doing this? God, should I start a podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> God, should I move to Kansas City? Yeah. You know? And so it is. It's it's you know, that that big question of you know, I I, I joke with I joke with Tina a lot. You know, it's it's now what? You know, and, and I think a lot of Christians, I mean I think a lot of people in general. Um, but I'm going to name it to, you know, specifically men in yeah. Christian Christianity. It's, it's that question of now what, you know, okay. I, I decided to follow Jesus. Now what? Okay. I found, I found a woman. We got married. Now what? Yeah. We just had a kid. Now what? You know, it's, and it's, it's always that now what? Mm-hmm. And, and what do we do with that? What do you do with that? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It really is because 
every a lot of the things that we I think of it in terms of things that I get excited about that are in the future. This is kind of how I I see it. Um, you know, a vacation or a trip coming up and you have this excitement, you're ready and it feels like it's forever and then finally it's here and then all of a sudden it's gone and now it's 6 months ago. Yeah. It's so quick to get to that end goal. And then you do kind of get to this point of well, that was cool, but now I what? Mean, now, now what? <laughs> you know that that really is the question. Um, I think for for me, it's remembering and thinking about what's the what's the constant through it all. Yeah. You know, and so getting engaged. You know, I say quote unquote living in the right place. Like, I think you can make you get to a point where you realize like God isn't necessarily wanting to give you every direction yeah. for your life. Like he wants to, he wants you to grow in maturity yeah, so oh, that yeah. you can just make good decisions. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think the big thing is the now what is, is always like, okay, well God is, God is where it started. God was in the journey. Yeah. He was at the finish line of whatever it is that, that it is, you know, life in itself. There's, Obviously, life and death, you know, you have your start and your end point, but all these little journeys that you take in between, as a Christian, the life that I've had is God is the constant. And so when it comes to the now what, it's it's rather than looking at it always as this question of like, where's my purpose or what should I be doing? It's like, okay, God, we did that. What's next? Mm. Maybe almost changing the question yeah. Rather from a from a now what like I don't know what to do. It's no like hey, what's next? What are we going to accomplish next? What are yeah. we going to do next? What are where are we going to go next? Yeah. Now, what's the next adventure? Yeah. I like that. No. And and I'll <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier today and I'm like, man, anything that I say on the on this yeah. that is good or or wisdom is completely either from people that have taught me and trained me <laughs> or it's just something that maybe God is speaking, but anything yeah. that's foolish is completely Devin. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it really is. It really is not just a difficult question, but it's a difficult place to be. Yeah. Of, of now what? And, and it unfortunately is a place where a lot of people can get stuck. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, one of the ways to kind of get out of that is you find other men. That's what I like to do. I like to look for other men and see where they're at in their life. What is it that they're doing? How is How are they loving their family? That's a big one. How are they loving their kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, how yeah. are they loving the people around them? And the guys that I see doing that, I try to emulate. Mm. I want to do that and I want to see that in my life. So I'm going to get around them and see what is it you're doing? Yeah. No. Because there's, like you were saying with the Father's Day sermons, there's not a lot of, there, there, there may not be a lot of thanks yeah. in our life as, as men, as husbands, as fathers. Um, you know, fortunately, I think for you and I, we both have wives that make sure that we know we're appreciated and we're loved. And so it makes those things easier. Um, but for those men out there that don't have that, yeah. Um it's it's available. Yeah. It's 
it's available because I know there's a lot of men that think that way. But I also know there's a lot of men that, you know, for so many years, it's it's almost been drilled into almost all men of don't show emotion, reaching out is weak, you know, and, and, and all of this. So it's, it, you know, when we're kids, it's easy. It's like, oh, we're, we're going to the same school together. We're in class together. We're on the t-ball team together. We're best friends. Yeah. You know, and... And it's like, now that you're an adult, you know, me being in my 40s, you being in your 30s, you know, it's, it's how do you, it's, it's overcoming that, that history of how so many men are raised to reach out and, you know, how, how do you become friends? How do you, how do you make friends as an adult male? That's true. You know, un- unless you're like already in the middle of something, it's like, it's like, A, we're so busy and we're so focused on what we have in our own lives. And I'll say for me, um, because I'm really good at this, I this is one of my huge talents, is I am really good at making excuses for other people. You know, it's like, hey, why didn't you reach out to me? Or why didn't you reach out to that person? It's like, well, they got their own stuff going on. You know, they've they've got they've got family in town or they've got, you know, wife and kids or they're they're going through some stuff. I know they've told me they're going through their own stuff. They don't need my stuff piled on top. So it's like (laughs) that is that's that's my little badge of honor that I, I need to smack out of myself of, you know, that's I'm I am. I'm really good. You know, even even before I knew Jesus, um when I was going through a lot of my depression and uh, suicidal thoughts on my own, um, yes, sometimes they come back, but it is, it's reach out, reach out. You've got these friends. Uh, I'm good. They're busy. Yeah. You know, they don't need my problems. Right. You know, so it is, it's, and I, and I know that's a struggle for a lot of men to, you know, to raise their hand, even in the, the quote unquote safe circle of, a men's only event at church where you know you all fight and battle in the same direction there's it's still so hard it's almost like there's that stigma of i can't raise my hand to say i'm struggling i need help yeah yeah and and what i try to not what i try to when i'm thinking about this the person that's drowning it's easy to be like, well, just move, you know, move your arms, kick your feet. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're taking on water and, and you get into a point. It's like, I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. And so I, I, as you're talking about this, the, when I was looking at really what I was starting to kind of get a picture of was the people that have been doing this. Hmm. That's why there's such a great responsibility, I think, on not just men, you know, the church, whatever, but, but if we're, we're talking just men, right? So I think there's a great responsibility on mature men that have had you know long relationship with god yeah you know and they've got a good track record with him that it really is our responsibility to get out of ourselves to look outward and say where are the men that need help yeah you know because again god being a good father he's going to point those those people out yeah he will because 
They need it. Yeah. And it's it is easy to say, well, man, people are available. Just reach out. It's like, well, where do you find them? You know, <laughs> yeah. And really, like, I'm in a spot. I'm not even looking for that. I don't care. Yeah. Is is how it feels at times. Yeah. Like I'm I've pushed everybody away, man. There's no people around anymore. Yeah. Um or they'll or or they'll say, Well, if you have an issue, talk to a pastor. Well, they're busy. Right. They're busy. My problem's not that big. I need a pastor. Oh yeah, no, uh, I'm fully aware. <laughs> I still do that. Where there's things that I hey, I should probably take care of that or I should probably go talk to somebody about it. And yeah. And I I convince myself it's not this big. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then it becomes this little thing that festers. Yeah. Festers and and so that I guess that's where where I see it though is it's like it really is a responsibility of of the men that are that are really confident in their in their walk in their relationship with God that are doing things successfully and that are doing things well. Yeah. That we have to really be a much more unselfish mm. and go and find and bring in, yeah. you know, to actually go and harvest to do to, you know, the harvest implies work. Yeah. You know, the, the field is, is, you know, the, the harvest is ready. The workers are few. Yeah. You know, type of thing. Um, it can be so easy to put it on somebody else that they need to figure it out. Yeah. Or like, Hey, you need to reach out. But, but really, why am I not doing that? Yeah. That's kind of how I see that. Yeah. Or I almost, um, when you were talking about harvesting and in, in my mind, it it almost came to, um, you know, before harvesting tending, Mm. you know, you're, when you're tending the crops, you know, sometimes, you know, when you, when you're, you're going in even a small garden, it's like, you know, sometimes you got to go in even before it's time for harvest to, to pick out some of the little weeds that you can get rid of without destroying the crop. Yeah. You know, and it's like, are we doing that, you know, as much as we might be doing that for ourselves or maybe our families, it's like, are we trying to look out for that for our friends, for our fellow guys that are, that are, are around us? Yeah. So. That's true. We always look at planting and, you know, and sowing. Yeah. We kind of forget there's a whole middle process. Right. Yeah. You got to keep this thing and this seed alive. Yeah. Um, and I us, like that. us that are us that are from the Midwest, you know, that's that can be like you know, four, five, six months, yeah, of between seed and harvest. So, yeah. And and what I found is the people I've I've worked with, you know, different people. There's there's a guy in particular that I think of and um, really really grew fond of of him. You know, a guy that was very much a pessimist. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know and. You know, work in the security industry, and the guys like, well, what's it, what's it even matter? You know, security, <laughs> like things are going to go to crap anyway. It's yeah. none, none of this is going to matter in six months. And right, um, but he saw men that were consistent, mm. men that had the same stress, work wise. Yeah, men that dealt with some of the same things, um, and I'm not. I'm not even going to say like I'm one of the guys that man I'm this <laughs> pinnacle to look at. Like I work with some great men, yeah, um, great Christian men, and he got to see this, and just him being around consistent men that weren't swayed by what was going on around him, yeah, started to open up his eyes a little bit and his mindset began to shift. Yeah, that's awesome. And so. Even even just that, that's one of the things that I've thought about plenty being a being a father now is I gotta be consistent. Yeah. My wife, my son, 
they need to know who's coming home. Yeah. It shouldn't be this question of, am I going to get dad that's mad? Am I going to get dad that's tired? Which I can be, you know, we're going to be tired. That's going to, that's going to happen. Oh yeah. But I don't want to give away all of my best energy to things that are not the most important. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the consistency in, in good godly men is, is one of the things that just naturally draws other men to you because there's something that looks attractive yeah. in your life that somebody else yeah. is missing. Agreed. Agreed. That's good. All right, so we're going to wrap up. Um, anything that you would like to leave my the audience with? Um, any, any real quick last nuggets on top of all the other nuggets that we've thrown on the table here? <laughs> Yeah, just one, one, one quick, one quick thought. Yeah, you know, I think we, like we mentioned and we talked about it earlier, but make things simple. Mm. Life can be as complicated as it wants. Yeah, and complex as it wants. Uh, we need to find the things that we can make simple. Our relationship with God can be very deep but very simple yeah we don't need to make it complex you know there's there's enough complexities yeah. <laughs> around us you know agreed so that's that's my yeah. that's my final thought awesome well i appreciate it um thank you thank you again for for coming and talking so, yeah thanks for having yeah, me man yeah, I, I'll I enjoyed it i'll definitely be coming calling you back so uh be prepared all right, <laughs> be ready. I'll be ready. You, you can have you can have notes for next time if you want. Maybe no, I I like to. <laughs> if you want to help keep me on track, maybe you give me notes sometimes. <laughs> I might give you a topic. There we there, go. Instead of instead of just an open interview, it's like, hey, we're going to be talking about this. Yeah. So okay, awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Stay fit. Be well. <laughs>